I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, with regards to my Air Force police experience that uh, you asked about, this was during my military service, which is mandatory for uh, men uh, in Greece. And that was uh, very interesting uh, indeed because I was stationed at an Air Force base uh, that had Mirage uh, fighter planes. And I was there making sure that nobody comes into the Air Force base uh, to steal any equipment or sabotage the planes. Uh, So that was uh, indeed a very different and useful experience in my life. Okay, test time. Complete the three-word sentence. Greek banking innovation, right? Greek banking innovation? No, probably not. You said Greek banking crisis, didn't you? It's hard not to go there if you saw those images of people queuing outside shuttered banks, fears that their euro deposits would be forcibly converted, keeping tensions high. But the fact is, Greek banking innovation is alive and well. They even have their own unicorn now, after JP Morgan acquired nearly half of Viva Wallet. Welcome to How to Lend Money to Strangers. I'm your host, Brendan LaGrange, and across my career, I've lived and worked in lending in Africa, Asia, and Europe. But I've never actually been to Greece, let alone done any work there. Luckily, having worked first in technology and then in finance, today's guest combines both of those in his latest venture, embedded within the heart of the local fintech scene. Dimitri Petrelis is CEO of Infinite Applications, an open banking-powered app for consumers and businesses alike. Dimitri, thank you so much for joining the show. I was having a look at your background on LinkedIn, and it's a very rich one. It looks like you've started in tech, you know, right alongside the emergence of the internet. Then you spent some time in asset management and finance, and then you combined those two into a fintech sort of role. And within that, became an entrepreneur too, and have got heavily into Greek fintech. So before we talk about your latest project, would you mind giving us a bit of a, an overview of that career journey and set the scene before we dive into Infinite? Yes, of course. Thank you very much. So I started out my career in the UK as a software engineer in the telecom sector, which was really hot at the time, mainly because it was the dot-com boom and 3G technologies were about to come out. So it was exciting times to be in telcos. And at the same time, I was studying for an MBA. And this is where I started coming in touch with financial services for the first time. And I became intrigued. This is why I decided to switch industries. And then I joined Goldman Sachs Asset Management. And I think that this was truly a turning point in my career as financial services won me over. After working for Goldman Sachs for three years, I decided to return back to Greece. And thereafter, I worked in several banking vendors, such as ACA Worldwide, Oracle, SAS Institute, and Capital Banking Solutions, focusing primarily on core banking systems, payments, and analytics. And I'm proud to say that I have helped the banks in more than 20 countries in Europe and the CIS region transform their business through IT. In 2014, I decided to utilize the experience that I gained and I established Infinite in order to provide IT strategy consultancy to banks initially. 
But three years later, uh, myself and my partners decided to pivot as we saw the emergence of open banking and PSD in Europe. And we decided to focus on that. Yeah, so let's talk about Greek fintech a bit and the banking landscape there. I fear that in most people's minds, if they think Greek banking, the headline that's still stuck in their head will be the banking crisis of you know a decade or so ago now. But you know the whole world's been seeing all sorts of innovation. It's been happening in Greece too with the rise of fintech. What is the current state of affairs in, in Greek banking, Greek fintech? The Greek fintech space is indeed very interesting. And the crisis uh, that started in late 2009 was not caused by the banks themselves, but by the government. Uh, and then it had a domino effect to the banks as well. And I would like to remind you that Greece was close to defaulting as a country and about to exit the Eurozone. So we were in a very dangerous waters, let's say. Uh, the highlight of this in the banking sector was the capital controls that were imposed in June 2015. This uh, crisis led to a lot of consolidation in the banking sector. At the same time, though, it speeded up the digital transformation of the banks, with the main driver at the time being a cost reduction. Traditionally, a cash-based country, we became as a country leaders in the European Union in car payments and especially contactless. The end of the banking crisis in approximately 2018 was the beginning of, let's say, a golden era in fintech here in Greece. Many companies were created with significant investment from VCs. And at the same time, the traditional banks uh, speeded up their digital transformation. But this time, they started focusing not only on cost reduction as before, but on offering better services and products to their customers. And right now, the areas of focus in the fintech space are mainly digital banking, buy now, pay later functionality, credit scoring services, banking for teenagers, and blockchain and uh, cryptos. And it is great uh, to see that, uh, as a matter of fact, in the fintech space, we are seeing some uh, very successful uh, exits. And JP Morgan decided to invest in one of the largest fintech companies in Greece, uh, which is uh, Viva. So it's great news. Yeah, and it's often the case that you get a nice leapfrogging of technologies when there's a, a shakeup like that. Now, you spoke about the move away from cash. I guess, in part, that's what has enabled all of this. If everybody was still mainly using cash for their transactions, you simply don't have access to the sort of data that you will now, thanks to technologies like open banking. Before we talk about infinite and the work you're doing specifically there with open banking let's talk a little bit more in general about what open banking means what are you seeing as the main trends emerging well in greece and in europe as well i see you do a lot of cross-border work as well throughout the union Mm -hmm. Open banking essentially is allowing fintech companies to offer innovative products and services on top of the traditional banks. In many countries, the legislation has pushed open banking. And an example of this is the European Union, where PSD2 is forcing banks to expose certain APIs to fintechs that have the appropriate license. However, we've seen this trend not only in Europe, but globally. Because of open banking, we are seeing a platformication in banking, which is similar to the one we witnessed in the lodging sector with Airbnb, Booking.com, Expedia, etc., Consumer and businesses utilize the best products according to their needs from different banks, and they interact with them through fintech companies that are offering a much better user experience. Some examples of uh, fintech companies that are using open banking are companies offering account aggregation, personal and business finance management, payment initiation, buy now, pay later solutions, and credit scoring applications. I believe that still open banking is at its early stages, but eventually it's going to revolutionize banking as it will allow customers and uh, businesses to take advantage of the innovation and agility of fintechs while having the security and trust of traditional banks. Yeah, that last point is interesting. And you talk about the trust in the traditional banks. When the Greek people went through the financial crisis, 
Did that erode any of the trust they had in the big names, maybe make it easier for new names to start up? Or are people still pretty confident in the big old traditional banks as the main rock of, of trust and stability? That's a very, very good question. Uh, to be honest with you, despite the fact that the sentiment uh, of the Greeks uh, against uh, the banks uh, straight after the crisis, there was a lot of hate against the traditional banks. However, the level of trust, funnily enough, remained uh, the same. And uh, this is what uh, the market research uh, has uh, shown in Greece. And there were even talks at the time of haircut of deposits, which we saw in Cyprus, but luckily we didn't see them uh, in Greece. Still, the trust in the traditional banks remains there. Yeah, that's interesting. I think there it probably is a case of a bit of understanding. I think in the moment you're, you're angry, but as you said, this wasn't a crisis caused by the banks because they were over-aggressive in their lending or because some director ran off with the money. You know, they were as much caught up in the process as everyone else. So maybe as tempers cooled down, people sort of understood. We spoke about open banking more generally. You said it was when you became aware of open banking and its potential as a technology that you and your partners decided to pivot uh, the work in Infinite. And what is it that you're doing there? What was the sort of founding story of the business and, and what does it do uniquely to help consumers? Okay, so um, Infinite was established in October 2014. The exact date that my eldest daughter was born, as a matter of fact. <laughs> At the time, we were providing, as I told you, IT strategy consulting to banks in the CIS region. So in 2017, long before PSD2 was enforced, we saw that open banking was coming to disrupt the financial services industry. Hence, we decided to pivot and focus on creating one of the first account aggregation applications in Europe. In late 2020, after being confident that the APIs uh, with the Greek banks work seamlessly, we redesigned the application and added personal finance management, business finance management, automatic transaction categorization, and payment initiation. After extensive friends and family testing, we went officially live in September 2021 with marketing activities. We are now live in six countries, Greece, Spain, Portugal, France, Italy, and Romania, and we support more than 160 banks, including major European uh, neobanks such as N26 and Revolut. We serve our individual and business customers through powerful mobile and web application. And in the future, we have a lot of innovation that is coming out from Infinite as we're currently working on making Infinite a payment method, both for online and physical payments. Initially, this will be account-to-account payments. And later on, we're planning to offer our own digital wallet for wallet-to-wallet payments. Physical transactions will take place uh, through the scanning of a QR code. However, where we truly want to make a difference is by offering intelligent lead generation based on the transactional behavior of the user. For example, using analytics, we may deduce that you're paying too much for your car insurance, and this would trigger a targeted offer by a partner insurance company. So this is our focus area for the future. Yeah, I think that's where it can really be a technology that does help consumers because you know, we often talk about it easing up a process, and that's true. I mean, processes where I just click yes to use open banking to get, you know, an income check done rather than fill out 12 months of bank statements. But this is another good example where products are so complicated, it's impossible to know just about what the best product is for us. Are we staying on top of car insurance, heating bills, credit card? What's the best you know, air miles offer for the way I spend and use my card? What's the cheapest one based on how I travel around and don't travel around? And this is where something like, well, open banking is not doing it itself, but open banking is revealing that data for innovation so that people can come and build these businesses that save you time, save you money by finding better deals for you. Now, obviously, here I talk a lot about lending. You've spoken a bit about innovation happening in credit scoring in Greece. I'm not sure 
if this is within the space as well that you're dealing with. But have you seen the same open banking data being used to do some credit scoring or at least to help make loans to customers? Indeed, and we're not doing this uh, ourselves, uh, but uh, we do have a partner uh, that has uh, analytical models uh, that are being used for uh, credit scoring with the aim of providing uh, buy now, pay later functionality. There are a couple of fintechs in Greece that are doing this. So they're using open banking data to analyze the transactional profile of customers and provide the credit scoring based on that. Or as I would like to call it, credit assessment, because credit scoring implies and needs data from other sources as well that are not currently available from open banking data, right? So, for example, if a person is blacklisted from the National Bureau, that would not be visible from the transactional data necessarily. Yeah. And there's rules that you can do in open banking that you can't do with traditional credit as well. So you're right. That is a better way of framing it. I think as well, you know, you mentioned there buy now, pay later. I think globally, that's the term that's getting all the headlines. What I think open banking suffers with slightly is that it always sits in the background. So it's a technology that's enabling a lot of innovation, but it's not something consumers see all that well. And so often it gets forgotten about and it it doesn't get the credit. So I always, when I talk to people in the industry, almost everybody's using open banking. But when you see the newspaper headlines, it's sort of gone out of the press now. So it's an interesting trend to keep an eye on. I guess a little bit on that same same thought, you you talked about working with 160 global banks. What does that mean? And and what's that allowing you to do to have such a widespread network? Okay, so to us, uh, having a large number of banks across different countries is extremely important. Within the European Union, the regulators are pushing uh, for the boundaries of uh, the financial services sector to be cross-country. As such, it is extremely important to have wide coverage of banks and countries. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We're continuously expanding our coverage and we are aiming to cover the whole Europe and later expanding to other regions as well, such as America, Asia and Middle East, because there are quite a lot of businesses that have uh, accounts and banking relationships uh, globally. Right now, what we see is that open banking is country specific and we would like to move away from that and make it EU specific and then make it global. Yeah, I want to get too political and talk about Brexit, but (laughs) I was trying to (laughs) get, I, I used to live in Hong Kong and in Hong Kong, your bank account can just accept currencies in any value from any country. 
it sort of automatically would open a, a US dollar account or a pound account or a Swiss franc account or whatever it needed. It would open and take the the payment. So when I started working here for the startup that I, I've joined, I'm paid in US dollars and I just assumed I could accept them and I couldn't get them paid into my bank account. I had to open you know, a transfer account. And you realize that a lot of these banking systems that come across as so advanced still miss some functionality that just feels so normal in today's world. Your consumers will get onto Amazon, they'll they'll go and shop online, they can buy goods from around the world, especially within the EU, click on something and it's delivered to you within a few days. It could be made in Germany and it will be at your door in, in Athens in yeah, two, three days. That's what we expect. And to suddenly say, well, my bank account can't share data seems very strange because it's not even a physical good that needs to be put on a truck and, and sent around the world. And I guess Europe is a fantastic testing site for that, where you can have so many countries represented within a region that's already got a lot of shared regulations and, and shared norms. And the lessons you can learn there are no doubt going to help businesses around the world. And obviously, this is going to help your consumers too. So what sort of benefits are you seeing to the customer from the app? Yeah, the obvious one is that the individuals and businesses can manage their finances and carry out most of their banking needs in one place. One of our customers, for example, a leading utility company in Greece, he reduced the time it takes to reconcile payments by 50% using Infinite. As I have already mentioned, our focus now is on intelligent lead generation for businesses. Consumers will get better and cheaper products that are tailored to their needs, while businesses will get qualified leads instead of wasting their budget on unqualified prospects. I shouldn't really have said consumers there, should I? Your focus is on business to business, but certainly benefiting the consumers in the long run as well. Yes. In order to be able to provide a customized offer to individuals, we need to have uh, as many users as possible so that we can uh, analyze the transactional behavior. So to the individual users, what we offer is a single place where they can manage uh, their finances. They can see all your banking accounts, all their uh, cards, all their transactions. We provide automatic categorization of transactions so that users can see how much money they have spent on supermarket, how much money they have spent on petrol, and so on. And from there, they can do all their uh, payments. And by payments, I mean uh, transfers to any of their own accounts or to a third-party account. Thanks for that. I think that, as you said, it's a technology that really allows consumers and businesses to expand globally, but also to expand their offerings to consumers and just to make better offers. I mean, nobody wants to be wasting money making offers that don't appeal to the consumer and, and consumers don't want to be offered products that are suboptimal. So everybody does win when the offers can be better designed. We talk about it being hard for a consumer to know what is the best product for them or to know, am I getting the best deal for my car insurance? It's just as hard for businesses to know if they're making the right offer. You know, Based on the consumer spend, is this the right design to get the rewards or to you know, produce the outcomes we want? So the more data, the more clear data, the better. And it's great to hear that after a tough decade is you guys driving this innovation, but not just you all the fintech innovation that is happening in Greece. You've become something of a serial entrepreneur. You've got several projects going on at the moment, it looks like. But as you look forward to the next one to five years, for yourself, for Infinite, what is there to look out for? What are your plans for the future? To be honest, my plans for the future would be to start offering more end-to-end -end service uh, to the public in Greece, but also to the Europe. 
So on uh, the future plans is the creation of an electronic money institution to allow us uh, to offer additional products uh, such as a multi-currency account, for example. At the same time, I'm the CEO of a software development company in uh, India uh, that does custom application development. So through this uh, company, I would like to develop uh, innovative solutions uh, for other fintechs and my own fintechs as well. So what I'm looking for is to transfer um, the needs that Infinite and uh, in the future the electronic money institution will have into products that uh, can be used to serve other fintechs uh, as well. So hopefully this will be again another win-win uh, situation. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it and, and good luck with those. It's always great to hear people actively going out and innovating. And thank you all for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and to share widely on LinkedIn. While you're there, feel free to drop me a connection request. How to Lend Money to Strangers is written and recorded by myself, Brendan Lagrange. For just about the last time outside of Maidstone, England, if all goes to plan, we'll be in Brighton without a hiccup in the scheduling. If not, we'll just call it a mini spring break. Show music is by I Am Wake, and this week's episode is edited by Kane Hunter of hunterdigital.co.uk. You can find full written transcripts and more content at www.howtolendmoneytostrangers.show I'll be back next Thursday. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.